Welcome to Church Project. We're glad that you're here. And we are in middle of studying the book of James. And so if you have your Bible today, would you open it up? We're going to start in James chapter 3. If you did not bring a Bible, there's a, there's a blue Bible in the rows, and there's a blue Bible on the, ro- on the lamps on the sides. You can grab it and open it up to page 699. But we are in James chapter 3. This has been an incredible journey walking through James already of faith and works, and, and, and oftentimes people refer to the book of James as the, the Proverbs of the New Testament. It, it basically is this, how do we live out this Christian life? As we go to work and school, and as we experience joy, and we experience pain, how do we live out this Christian life? Well, last week I stood up and said, very proudly, I'm going to get through 12 verses, and if you remember, we made it through one. So we're going to attempt to get the next 11 verses and finish James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12, but we're going to start in verse 2. So follow along if you have your Bible. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. Isn't that the sign? Isn't that a good indicator that that when we can control our tongue, it's a sign of Christ-like maturity and self-control in our life? That's my prayer for me. Let's continue, verse 3. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, They are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Verse 5. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. Have you ever experienced that? Even in church, have you ever experienced that? The tongue and the damage that that it can cause. The politics and relationships and even in in the church body, wherever we go, this tongue can cause a lot of damage, can it? If you've ever been on the receiving side of that, it's painful and it hurts. There's a lot that goes into relationships. Verse 6, the tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. 
What a powerful passage. When, when we go and we look at it, and we look at it in light of, of our experiences, and even when I paused in the middle of verse 5, just thinking about what kind of fire can be, set, can be set by the tongue, what kind of circumstances we can find ourselves in because of a little flick of our tongue, because of something that we said inappropriately, or we spoke out of turn, or whatever it may be. And, and, and James is looking, and he's talking to the church. He's saying, church. We are people that have been redeemed by God. He's restored our lives. He's given us hope. And this letter, if you remember, is written to the church. Because in the church, there's things that are starting to happen. And he's addressing the church right here. And what is he saying? He's saying, what is happening in our body because of our tongue? The way that we talk. Sometimes we know we're talking bad. Sometimes we know we're talking behind someone's back, or sometimes we know that that we're saying something that we shouldn't say, but we get caught up in gossip, or we get caught up in that. And 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 Paul or James is is talking about this and saying what part this tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. And consider what kind of forest is set on fire by a small spark. But may I even propose this and take it one step further that even within the church, what's happening amongst us, we can set words on fire and we can set deeds on fire simply by our attitudes and the way that we talk about each other. And so I want to ask this, do we uplift each other? We'd say, okay, it's not enough for me just to not set a fire, but what I actually want to do is I want to use my words and my tongue to set a spark on fire for the opposite direction. I want to honor the people that I'm around. I want to honor, look around, I want to honor the people at Church Project. I want to honor uh, the people that are watching my child and Project Kids. I want to honor the people at House Church. I want to honor Josh and Julie Baker and the crew. And, and I want to honor Aaron. And I want to honor the, everybody that's part of our body. Our tongue is a powerful tool. And James is reminding this. He's reminding us of this. He's saying the world... We've all seen this. We've all been part of this, caught up in traps in the world, where all of a sudden we're in a mess and we don't even know how we got there. And he's saying, church, it doesn't need to be the same with us. We actually have hope. We actually know what it's like to have self-control and to have God guide our life. So why don't we turn what Satan wants to use for bad and turn it into good? Wouldn't that be awesome? If we were walking around and honoring each other with our words, with our actions, with our deeds, lifting each other up, spurring each other on to good deeds. And I think this is what he's talking about right here. Let's jump down to verse 10. Out of the same mouth comes praise and blessing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. I think about my mouth. Sometimes it's inappropriate words coming out of my mouth. I know I'm human just like you. But I think, about, I think about the words that I choose. I'm even thinking about this last week. How many of us have cursed our day before we even started it? Really? You wake up and you're like, well, today's going to stink. This is going to be a terrible day. Bad hair day. You know, whatever it may be. How many of us curse our day before our feet even hit the ground? Or we curse our thoughts? Or we curse our relationships? Or we curse our finances? Or we curse our health? Or we curse our friends? Or we curse our nation? Or we curse our attitudes? And James is sitting and he's writing and he's saying, Think about this. Think about this, folks. We have the hope of God in us. 
almighty God who has restored us. He's plucked us from the gates of hell and he's given us a hope and a future and he's given us freedom. But sometimes we can sabotage ourselves just by the way that we speak. And this should not be that we speak of this God that gives love and life and freedom, but yet with our attitudes and our minds, we set a big fire, don't we? Well, as I look at this passage right here, these 12 verses at large, I'm going to let House Church kind of dive into this and talk about uh, the tongue and how we speak and, and just kind of dissect these verses right here. But I want to zoom out for a minute. And I told you today is just going to be a different kind of day. As we look at these 12 verses right here, this passage drips of, of worship. It's just dripping of worship. Who, what, and who and what do we worship in our lives? As we look at these 12 verses, what do we worship? Worship is an acknowledgement of volunteered surrender. It's saying, I voluntarily surrender to worship. And James is reminding us, and he's saying, who and what do you worship? Worship should be all-consuming and all-encompassing of our lives. And James is saying, let your worship be true in all aspects of your life. The totality of our lives should be in harmony with what we worship. Let's look at verse 10. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. This should not be. I wonder if he's talking to a group of of Christian believers who gather once a week, and he's saying, you know, on Sunday, it's all good. Like, we're praising and worshiping God. But Monday through Saturday... We curse our attitudes, we curse our relationships, we actually use our words to curse other people, and life and death is existing in the same place, and he's saying, this should not be, my brothers and sisters. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same springs? As Christians, we acknowledge God as our Savior. We say, God has saved us. But, Is he Lord over our life? Does he have every aspect of who we are? As Christians, we have this wonderful gift just to say, God, you are my Savior. You've plucked me from the gates of hell. You've given me freedom, and all that is beautiful. But some of us just stop right there, and we need to take it a a step further, and we need to ask, is he Lord over our life? That means does our worship and what we do and say and what we think and where we go, does that line up with what God is teaching us and telling us in his word? We love the aspect of Jesus being our Savior. Fire insurance, that's awesome. But we kick against God being our Lord. And when God's our Lord and when He's sitting on the throne and we're worshiping Him, salt water and fresh water cannot exist. We say, God, this life is about you. And when God's people are fully surrendered disciples that worship Him with their entire lives, Watch out. When Jesus is our Savior and when Jesus is our Lord, and He literally is changing the way that we speak, the way that we think, our actions, because He's our Savior and our Lord. When we begin to do that as a body, church, watch out. 
Just look around Church Project right now. The mighty men and women, and we don't even have the children that are in here. The mighty men and women that God has brought together under this label called Church Project. Watch out when Jesus is our Savior and our Lord. Because you're going to see a different Aaron tomorrow than you did today. And hopefully next year you're going to see a different Aaron than you did today. Because God is slowly doing heart work on me. Mind work and body work on me and transforming me to look more and more like him every day. And so I say, sign me up for Jesus as my Savior. And I pray, God, sign us up for your church as being our Lord. Aristotle said this, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. The whole is greater than the sum of its parts. And I look around, and I go, there's a lot of sum of parts right here. But when we move together, and when God builds his body, and we're each serving and moving the way that he's designed us, and we're each alive, then our power, God's power of the church, is multiplied more than any of us can do on our own. God's church. Can we talk about God's church for a minute? I better get a drink. You ready, Jeremy? Let's do this, man. God's church. What other organization impacts birth through death? And the whole world. Kids, youth, men, women, marriages, Homeless, hungry, super wealthy, super poor, English speaking or not, local and global. Tell me, what organization does this? What other organization rallies weekly in homes and gatherings, encourages and loves and supports and lifts high each other? What other organization does that? What other organization teaches true freedom? What other organization is the first to respond when disaster strikes in the home, in our lives, in our community, in hospital beds? Can you think of another organization that does this? What other organization walks with individuals as they overcome addictions? And meets with individuals to coach through the hardest and darkest times of life. Tell me what other organization does this. What other organization is a support to the weak and a rallying call of love and hope? This is a global enterprise worthy of our one and only life. This is the church. The whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Though we're sitting on the couch or going to work tomorrow morning or next week, guess what the crew people are doing? 
The crew people are going around the world and on each coast, and they're making a difference on the UNC campus. And we, we, the psalm, us, individual, we are in the background, and some of our money's going there. Great, send more there. They need more. That's awesome. But also, our prayer's going there. Our support's going there. Our baking cookies are going there. Like, the sum of the whole is greater, or the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. And church, we are part of this global enterprise. It's God's church. Two weeks ago, last, last week, um, Houston had a huge flood. I mean, it, it was bad if you watched it on the news. It was terrible. And Jeremy and I had the opportunity to go down there this, this uh, past week and worship with them, our church project people. If you're ever in, in the Woodlands, Houston area, go. It's just go. But as we sat there and, and, and we began to talk, and Bill and Jeannie Jerky were, were there with us, and we were talking to the people in charge of the ministry partnerships. They have a lot of ministry partnerships down there. But one of the things that Jason, the pastor there, was saying was this. He goes, you know what? We believe in this model of church project, and, and we do as well. Here's the model. We meet on Sundays. Welcome. We have house churches. We have ministry partnerships. So disaster strikes in Houston. And Jason said, let's, let's see if this model actually works. Like, let's, let's see if it actually works. And what they did is, suddenly, all these requests started coming in. A disaster started coming in. And, and they started sending out emails through their new database thing that we just got as well. And, and so they started sending out emails and needs to house church pastors. And the church at large, the staff, all they were doing was sending out emails. But the house churches, they rallied. The house churches met the needs as soon as needs were coming in. People were saying, I got that. I can do that. I live in this area. And it was, Jason told me one story of a 4,000 square foot house that literally everything was moved in 30 minutes. What? That's a moving crew. That's God's moving crew of a house church that shows up to do something. This is the model. And I got to say that Aristotle was right. And when he said the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. And this is the global enterprise that we are part of. God's church. Try to stop this. I dare you. You can't. You may be able to shut me up. But you're not going to stop our house churches. You're not going to start our ministry partnerships. And by the way. Someone that can speak a little more eloquent will stand up if I'm gone. (laughs) You can't kill God's church. This is what we are part of. His church is moving together in a beautiful thing. I want to highlight just a couple, couple things this morning. Here are a couple ways in which God is moving in the lives of church project. Last week, um, if you were here, we introduced Jonathan and Rochelle as new elders for church project. God's moving in your life. Thank you. Thank, thank you that God is doing that, that you're, you're serving church project in this capacity and praying for us and leading it. Thank you for doing that. Um, Rochelle, you also have an announcement. I think this would be a great time to do that. Can you stand up and, yes. <laughs>
Awesome. Do you have to be a woman to go? Yes. Okay. Tony Evans is awesome. I haven't been through that, but I imagine it's incredible. So if you're a woman or you know a woman at 8.30, sorry, Chad, you and I will go get coffee or something. 8.30 next Sunday, go there. But, but guys, I want to honor you and just saying thank you for, for um, surrendering to God to become an elder. Rochelle, thank you for doing the, the women's ministry, leading that this time. Thank you. Um, I'm looking around for someone else. Nope, they get skipped. They skip this, we skip honoring them. No, I'm joking. Um, I, I, I do want to honor um, Zoe and Hannah and Angie. Where are they? I know Angie and Zoe. Is Hannah here? No, she's sleeping in. She had to play. Yeah. If you, if you ladies will stand up. I know it was about, um, I don't know, a month or so ago. I, I, st- I stood up and talked from the heart just about... You know, where are some ways to, to serve at Church Project? And one of the things that I said was storytellers. And so you're going to find out more about storytellers. But if Hannah was there with them, that would be our beautiful trifecta of powerful women that are going to start telling the gospel story for Church Project. So give it up for them. You'll hear more about that. Um, also, I, more ways that God is moving in the lives of, the, of people at Church Project is you know, next weekend we're having uh, child dedications and we're having baptisms. Aligning our lives with what God is asking us to do is beautiful. That's Jesus turning from just not only our Savior but our Lord and, and moving and following the commands that he's given us. And so if you have a child that any age, by the way, let's cut it off at 21. So if you have a child 21 and under and you want to dedicate them and it's a beautiful thing, then you can go to our website and sign up. We have a a couple people that are going to be getting baptized next weekend. And so if you want to talk to me about that, um, then go ahead. But you can also sign up online for our baptism. But God is moving in the lives of people at Church Project. Next week, you don't want to miss it. Praying as a church over these children, dedicating them, that's awesome. What an honor. What other organization do you get to celebrate these things with? I don't know any. Our softball team is good, but we don't do that. <laughs> Baptize? What a beautiful thing. It's, it's just a symbol of the death, burial, and resurrection that Jesus Christ has done on our behalf. And we get to celebrate that with each other. That's beautiful. So if you want to get baptized, sign up for that. But I also... I. God's doing some cool stuff, people. I'm sorry. If you've got places to go, then you can stand up and walk. But we're going to keep going today. I want to invite Jeremy and Brittany up. They don't know, but they, I want to invite them up. I've got to move this, but I, I'm going to hit it. Um, man, I really don't even know where to begin with Jeremy and Brittany. Other than they're beautiful... <laughs> Jeremy's hair, especially, I love it. They're beautiful, they're beautiful because they're looking at God. And they're following God with their lives. Which, which is just, 
I don't, I don't know. I'll just, I'll just stop with that. They're followers of Christ. And I, and I love that about them. And we, we've started this church how many ever years ago? Four and a half years ago. And we, we've struggled and we've prayed and we moved and, and we've cried and we've laughed and we've quit and, and we've celebrated. And all the, all the emotions and thoughts that, that happen with all that has been Jeremy and Brittany. And, and thank you for everything that you've done to this point. And what's been really neat is seeing that as our, our little tiny organization, you know, that planted a church is slowly growing and more and more people are coming and now we have to be a little more organized in some of the things and, and it, it just takes more people to do stuff. And what's been neat is Jeremy and Brittany have, have stand, stood in the spot of I will do many things at many times. Some of the things you don't even know what they do because they, they just do a lot of stuff behind the scenes. And so I want to thank you for all the stuff that we don't see you doing, like the graphics and all that stuff and the sound team and we could go on and on. But there's a lot of stuff that you do behind the background and we thank you for that. And one of the things specifically that we, I brought them up here for today was this. They have been leading our youth um, since the birth of Church Project which was Zoe and Audra. That was our youth group. That was kind of fun. <laughs> and it's been fun to watch as Jeremy and Brittany have, have grown from nothing to this movement of youth that are happening with our 6th to 12th graders. Um, they go to camp, and they stay up all night, and they do weird stuff like that. Jeremy doesn't stay up all night, but other people do. <laughs> but here's the deal. Even as a father, I can't think of better people to mentor my daughters than you, Brittany, and you, Jeremy. And it's been an honor up to this point, you leading and I know you're going to continue to lead, but I, I want to, I bring them up because of this. Jeremy and Brittany are so talented in so many areas. It seems like whatever they touch, God blesses in, in multiple areas of their life. And it's an honor to do this ministry with them and to have co-laborers and to, and to grow and to learn from them and to do this together. It's an honor. And we're at a, we're at a point right now where you've noticed and we've noticed that God has been giving us what we call here um, first inspiration or something that God has been giving. He's been giving Jeremy and Brittany these songs that I've, I've shown in the corner. If you look when we're singing, who writes the songs? More and more it says Ashita on there, Brittany and Jeremy and other people that's writing. And, and we've been investing in worship for the last couple of years already and we're seeing the fruit of what's happening. And one of the things, there it is, see, child of God, Jeremy, you have to have your glasses on. But what, what, I, what, what I didn't share was this weekend or this past week when Jeremy and I went to the Woodlands, we participated in their first Wednesday. And so it's, they're a lot bigger than we are, by the way. But as we were participating in their first Wednesday, Jeremy was actually on stage leading people, church project people in the Woodlands area. God has anointed him in worship. And we want to position where God is moving. And we want, to, we want to align ourselves where God is moving. And so we're at a very cool spot where we're going to have a transition from youth to Jeremy doing specifically worship and, and other things here at Church Project. But what we want to do is we want to bless them and we want to honor them, saying thank you so much for what you've done with our youth. In a minute, we're going to invite others to come up. And I've got an exciting announcement. But what I want to do is say thank you guys for leading our youth to this point. And we stand behind you. And we want to lift your arms up as, as Aaron did to Moses as to whatever God has for your future. You have a church behind you that's doing that and praying it for you. We are excited to be a part of this thing. So if you would, just honor Jeremy and Brittany for what they've done in our youth to this point. Yeah. You guys can have a seat. Thank you. Thank you, Brittany. 
so we're in this awkward moment right now of about five seconds where we don't have youth directors. So, okay, it's over. May we please invite J- Jared and Jesse Nelson up. And I want to invite Ryan to come up as well. Where's your hair, bro? You're looking, you're looking good. Jesse, what's up, girl? What's up, Ryan? Yeah, looking good. <laughs> Told you it's going to be different today. I, I am so, um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know the words to use at this moment. I, I'm just honored uh, to introduce to you Jared and Jesse Nelson. And Ryan is directing, the, the director of Youth for Christ, the executive director of Youth for Christ in this whole area. And for, for a while, um, Jared has been on his staff, which has been incredible. I remember the first time I saw uh, Jared, I, I went to a Friday night, which you guys, you need to go to a Friday night at Youth for Christ because it's awesome to see what's happening there. I, I went there and I saw this, this dude in the corner and I, and, I, and I asked Ryan, hey, who's that? Is he, is he a volunteer? What is he? I mean, there was kids all around him. I'm like, that's awesome. He's a great volunteer. And it was this guy right here. And, and that, was, that was a few months ago, just going, wow, um, man, God's all over this guy. And so what we've begin, begun to do is begin to ask the question, what would it look like to have uh, Jared and Jesse come on board, also working with Youth for Christ, partnering together with a, an existing partnership. We're like now doubling our resources and working together in the same area for a man and a woman that God's hand is all over the youth. And I'm excited to just announce today that now Jared and Jesse are officially taking the role of our youth ministry, and I'm excited to see what happens as God moves them forward. So church, would you please Welcome, Jared and Jesse. What I see at Church Project, last year, 36% of our our, uh, tithe went right back out the door to 11 ministries, global and local. Our goal is to move to 50%. What I see at Church Project is Project Kids busting at the seams. A lot of students back there. I see a church project soon. This cafeteria is not going to hold all the people that God's bringing. It's beautiful. I think one day we're going to look up and we're going to look at this moment and go, remember when we were in that cafeteria? Remember when Jared and Jesse, we didn't have youth pastors for five seconds? (laughs) Remember when, and we begin to talk about these days, these days, just like we we have been talking about these days. God's hand is over his people. This is an organization, a global enterprise that I am so honored to be a part of. And church, at the same time, it's an exciting time to be part of church project. But even as your pastor and your shepherd, I I need to bring something to our attention. Our attendance is going up and our giving is going down. Do the math. More people, less money. At some point, they meet. They meet, and I don't know what that looks like, but I don't want to be at that point. We are not going to stop doing what we're doing. Our ministry partnerships, our giving, the way that we bless our community, the way that we're growing, we're not going to stop. God's hand is all on this, but it is my responsibility to say our attendance is going up. And our giving is going down. How can this be? Could it be because of our worship? Could it be that, that 
something is getting in the way of our worship, we're at a point in our church right now that if you think back to the Old Testament story of the Israelites and, and a raging river and they're looking to the promised land and we're at the point where God said, go to the promised land and the only thing that we can do is step into the raging river and bring Jared and Jesse on and move forward and say, God, we know that that's what you're asking us to do and sometimes we don't know how you're going to do it but the Israelites had to step into the raging river before it even calmed. We're stepping into the raging river. We're not backing up. No, not in this place. Not as long as we can drive around Greeley and see the hurt and the pain that I see. Do you see it? We're not stepping back. We're moving forward. If you would, open your Bibles to Luke chapter 21. I'll make it quick. Luke chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. Page 607 in your blue Bible. Here's the story. As Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. As I look at this passage... And I'm going to make it short, but I'm also going to send an email out later. I look at this passage and I see Jesus sees what we give. He notices what we give. And, and giving is for everyone, all time. We give in times when we are rich, when we have plenty, in times when, when needs are unmet. We give in times when we are poor and when we don't have enough. When what we give, we could really use on something else instead. Regular giving allows God to work on his timetable and not ours. We look at this passage and giving is an act of worship. In the Old Testament, they brought their gifts to the temple as their act of worship. In the New Testament, they brought their money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Worship is any way we declare God's worth in our lives. Singing, praying, obedience, Scripture and giving, they're all acts of worship. Giving is a, is a big deal to God because it involves our worship. And I look at this passage and I also see that as we move forward, um, a giving is about faith and not about finances. And Jesus could do the math. He knew the actual amount that the widow was giving was less than the others, but her faith meant that she gave more. And Jesus was looking for who gave more faith in their giving. Church, I bring this up because we're at an exciting time of church project, but the reality of more people coming and less tithing coming, less tithe coming in meets somewhere, and I don't want to see what that looks like because as a body, I believe that God has gifted us and he's given us a vision to move forward and to change greedily and to change beyond with our ministry partnerships and everything that we're doing. So I, wanna, I just want to do this subtle reminder that as we move forward in our giving, we need to remember to determine to care about giving because Jesus cares about giving. It shows where our worship is. Consider what Jesus would say about our personal giving. I challenge you to search the scriptures and see what they say about giving. And quite honestly, as, as a pastor, 
I'll even stand and say, would you pray, maybe repent, ask God for wisdom, submit to his plan for giving, and obey, don't delay. Align our lives with what scripture says. We are a generous people. At times we need to be reminded um, to move our lives to where God is saying to move. And if he's Lord of our life and you're not giving financially, then I wonder really what you are serving. Giving is a joy. It's a privilege. A tool for God to use in our lives. And to even use in the lives of others. As we give, we remember that God is the greatest giver of all. I want to end with this verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7 says this. 2 Corinthians 8, 7. Just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. As Christians, let us live our lives that show that God is our Savior and Lord. And remove anything that takes away from worship from Him. For some of us, that may be giving. For some of us, it it may be addictions. For some of us, it may be we can go down a long list of things. But church, this is my prayer for us today. That as Christians, we stand and we say, God, you are my Lord and my Savior. My tongue is being changed because your Holy Spirit is moving in my life and I'm speaking more like you. I'm looking more like you. My actions are being changed more like you because I love you. You've asked me to love you and it's an honor to do so. God, thank you for giving everything for us. What an emotional up and down message and time together this morning, huh? Everybody loves to come to church and talk about money. I don't like it. I don't like it. But I like what God's doing, and I believe in what God's doing. I don't want to step back. I want to move forward. Church, I love you. I love what God's doing here. I love being a part of it. My prayer is that as you leave today, you leave encouraged. You leave knowing that God's moving personally in our lives and even as his body. Align our lives with him. Ask him to search our hearts and our minds. And as your pastor, and I do the same, I say, God, if there's anything in me that doesn't align with you, then please remove it from me. I don't want that worship in my life. I want my tongue, I want my actions, I want everything to be worship of you, not me.